he's in his library. Confound it, madam, my language is most controlled. I say we take off and nuke the entire siphon water. It's the only way to be sure. In a thousand years, Gondahar was destroyed. A thousand years ago, Gondahar will be saved. The spice extends life. Silent breed is people! Welcome, listener, to Starcrashed. In this podcast, we discuss genre movies released before the year 2000. And in this episode, we'll discuss Total Recall from 1990. I will mention right now that there will be spoilers, pretty much from now on and forward. (laughs) My name is Ebba. And my name is Linnea. So, Total Recall from 1990, a science fiction action movie starring no other but Arnold Schwarzenegger. Yeah. Anyone yeah, else? Yeah. <laughs> I uh, mean, well, Sharon, Sharon Stone was Sharon in it. Sharon Stone. Uh, um, Michael uh, Ironside. I might be saying that name incorrectly, but Iron, Ironside or something like that. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Recognizable faces and sets abound. Just plenty of sets and oh, yes. uh, <laughs> scenery and, and all amazing stuff. Um, it is directed by um, Paul Verho- Verhoeven. Verhoeven? Oh, pronunciation. Yes, yeah. Always. Something like that. Something like something that. Like that. <laughs> I'm taking artistic liberties with his name, okay? <laughs> yeah. uh, the way I've heard it pronounced is like Verhoeven, uh, but that might be like an English pronunciation. So Maybe. Maybe. Is yeah. he English? I don't even know. No, I, the, well, the name is Dutch, I think, originally. Um, Sounds like but it, I yeah. Don't know. I, yeah, I don't know where he was born, but... Uh. Yeah. Well, anyways, he is in America and he's making movies. Uh, We've seen and talked about another one of his movies, but that one is a few few years later down the line, and that is Starship Troopers. Yes. And we did enjoy that one. So I am really interested in hearing what you think about Total Recall, the the classic (laughs) (laughs) action movie. Yeah, it's uh, based on a short story by Philip K. Dick yeah. uh, called uh, We Will Remember You for Wholesale or something. Mm-hmm. Or, yeah, I, no, yeah. yeah. No, that is that is correct. <laughs> okay, good. <laughs> <laughs> oh. When I started saying it, I was like, wait a second, is that the way? Yeah, yeah, I think it is. But No, no, no. wait, <laughs> actually, I, I, it sounded correct, but I think you, you will remember for wholesale. Yeah, Not you wh- will remember you, it for wholesale. You will I remember think. it for wholesale, yeah. Yeah, yeah, we'll go with that one. Let's stick yeah. stick to our guns and and stand for our, our stand. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. If you Google something like that, <laughs> yeah. you will find the the story. <laughs> You'll be fine. You'll find it. Yeah. <laughs> um, um, yeah. So uh, this movie is set in in twenty eighty four. So it's quite a bit. Uh, time in the future and it does look like the 80s so they got that right um (laughs) (laughs) but i i gotta say to me that is a plus because fashion is cyclical is that the right way to put that word i don't know but yeah cyclical cyclical i don't know (laughs) but fashion is like that so i can totally i'm actually completely fine with this looking hella 80s uh, I think a case could be made that um, sometimes that is the case with fashion. Like if you look at certain styles from the 70s and 80s, they are very much inspired by like Edwardian, like turn of the century and like, mm-hmm. seven, you know, 1880s. So I, I'm fine with that. How do you feel about the 80s aesthetics? Uh, yeah, I, I didn't have any... Uh, how should I say F- factual thoughts about it like <laughs> you did about the dresses and everything but uh, I yeah I like it too yeah. um, I mean if nothing is even though you know you can argue that oh it doesn't necessarily look will look like that in the future just the fact that it looks like the 80s that we're familiar with sort of gives you an indication of the type of movie that it is and mm. it's the type of movie that I like you know sort yeah. of um, 
a little bit of of a nostalgic movie, I suppose, in in a way. Mm-hmm. Even though this one was released the year I was born, so it's not really <laughs> it's not really nostalgic for me. But you know, it's that kind of feeling. Yeah. Um, so you know, it's uh, you you can sort of use it as as a shorthand, I guess, mm-hmm. for uh, determining the 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 style of movie that it is. Yeah, absolutely, and I think. Uh, I mean, there's a lot of like ha- having Arnold a- a- as the main character is also genius, <laughs> yeah. I think. Uh, so there, uh, okay, let's start with plot. Uh, well, this is your strong suit, as we know. <laughs> so that's why I'm sh- <laughs> slowly rolling the ball towards you. Like, please. <laughs> I don't know. Is it really my strong it, suit? It but really yeah, okay. is. It okay, really good. is. We're both editing these episodes, and we know it's your strong suit. <laughs> Um, well, since this is our Mars in March theme month, obviously yes. it has to do about Mars in some mm-hmm. way. Um, and the, the movie starts with Arnold Schwarzenegger's character Douglas Quaid sort of having a dream about Mars, about him being there and him him being there with uh, a brunette, a woman who is not the same woman he he wakes up to next uh, in in the beginning of the film because she's a she's a blonde, so you mm, know drama. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> he, he he seems to have memories of of someone else that is not his wife, and it's he doesn't know who she is and everything. Um, and he is kind of a little bit unhappy with his life, or he's bored with his life, I suppose you can say. Mm. There's just no nothing that stimulates him really with it. Mm. Uh, but he sees an ad for a company called Recall, and they say that oh, we can give you fake memories. We can let you ex- have memories of experiences that you've never uh, mm. actually had. And he figures, okay, yeah, I want to go there because I want to go to Mars. Mm-hmm. My wife does not. So I will experience Mars in a different way. So he goes there and he buys a package uh, for the things that he wants. And mm-hmm. the the uh, person there on recall is really selling, trying to sell everything to oh, him. Yeah. Like, oh, you want to be a secret agent? Yes, <laughs> you can have that too. And oh, you want this kind of lady? Mm, yes, we can fix that for you. You know, really. <laughs> yeah, very car, <laughs> putting on car this, salesman. Yeah, the, yeah. <laughs> exactly, exactly. The salesman's part there. <laughs> um, uh, but there, then as, as Douglas uh, is uh, getting into the machine that, that is going to give mm. him these memories, uh, something appears to happen. Mm-hmm. He seems to have some kind of um, seizure and also he's talking like he... Like there, there, there is memories now surfacing mm-hmm. about him actually being a secret agent, mm-hmm. uh, which is really strange. You know, mm-hmm. who is he really? Um, and he... Gets out from from uh, the recall uh, place because they, the doctors there, they they say that someone has erased his memories at one point, and they're like, oh no, we don't want to get involved with this, mm-hmm. so they dump him outside. Um, but then yeah, people start uh, attacking him, including <laughs> his wife. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> <Yes>. <laughs> because uh, it appears that he may be beginning to remember things that he shouldn't mm-hmm. so uh he figures out okay so these these dreams i've been having about mars i guess there's something to it so he goes to mars uh, and he gets involved with the uh kind Black of rebellion rebel- yes rebels, yeah uh the rebels on mars because uh sort of a, you know i was reminded about the situation that the belt is in in the expanse series where um earth and and, and the sort of the the big societies mm. are um, abusing their power over that society, uh, and and in the example of or in expanse they are controlling the water f- uh, mm. that goes in and out of the belt, and on Mars in Total Recall it's the oxygen or the air that they can breathe that they yeah. the um, the uh, Earth. Um, uh, organization is controlling. Yeah. Um, oh, what was his name? The bad guy. Co Cohagen. Cohagen. Yeah. yeah. Not Copenhagen. Copenhagen. No. <laughs> Dangerously close. That's why I had to look it up. I was like, oh, <laughs> corporation Co- Copenhagen. No. Um, yeah. No. He is the villain, and he is very um like he i feel like he's very hands-on with controlling the supply of air and he he mm-hmm. he, he puts it up it's straight out to one of the uh, to one of his agents 
that uh, the, one of the agents who is hunting um, Douglas Quaid that uh, as long as I control turbonium and the air then I can do whatever I want as long as mm. earth gets turbonium and I control the air it's it's like a playground to me basically yeah so he yeah. is super invested in uh, keeping a lid on Douglas Quaid because it turns out that Douglas Quaid in his mind there is something that is of importance a piece of information so um, you know Catching him and catching his memories is super important to him. Mm. Uh, whereas his agent, uh, the bad guy's agent, is more like just want to kill uh, Quaid. So a bit <laughs> yeah. conflicting there, but they are kind of working towards the same goal. Um, so, you know, after a while, uh, Douglas Quaid does gain friendship with the rebels and he is uh, introduced to the leader of the rebels who by sort of using his mutant superpowers because on Mars there are a lot of a lot of mutants because they were exposed to a lot of radiation and didn't have clean air so uh, they had mutant babies basically and this uh, Kuato uh, who's the name of the leader, he pulls out a piece of memory that turns out mm. that there is something that the that Copen Co <laughs> Cohagen, there we go, Cohagen um, found whilst mining for tur- turbonium and it is some sort of alien structure that is half a million years old. And this structure does something. What does it do, Linnea? Uh, well, it uh, gives uh, Mars an atmosphere, yeah. which Cohagen obviously not wants because he controls the air. And if you control yeah. the air, you control Mars mm-hmm. and its people. Um, but there's a little bit of a twist as well, uh, mm-hmm. because it is revealed that um, the person that Douglas Quaid was before, Hauser, yeah. uh, before he had his memory wiped, was actually working with Cohagen. Yes, so he yeah, he has sort of Cohagen and Hauser planned for Quaid to bring them to the rebel leader and he did though he just he wasn't actually aware that that was yeah. was what he was doing or that yeah. that people actually expected that to happen. So so there's a little bit of a twist there. Uh, and uh, he Quaid and uh, the brunette that he now has met on Mars. She's one Melina. of the rebels. Yes, Melina. Um, they they are captured by Cohagen and they're you know put in, in into the machine so that is going to bring back uh, Hauser and mm-hmm. um, restore that that personality um, and also <laughs> fix Melina so to speak. <laughs> so she's not a rebel anymore. Uh, but they escape obviously, and uh, Quaid now that he has uh, had his at least those parts of the memory yeah. restored about the alien artifact. He says that, no, no, I can fix everything. And they start the machine at the end. And uh, Mars gets blue skies and, and beautiful clouds. And everyone can breathe out in the surface. And it's beautiful. Mm-hmm. Um, and uh, yeah, we, we end the film never actually knowing if yeah. all of this is him experience the memories that we call is exactly. putting into his mind. Or if it is all happening for real. <laughs> which is just brilliant. Yeah. Because you could really argue either way, which makes mm-hmm. it so good. Because there are clues that could sort of hint you in both directions. Yeah. And I love it. Yeah. I yeah. think this movie is fantastic. <laughs> it has aged so well also, in my opinion. Yeah. Um, it's just, it really creates a world that I believe, believe in. And that I wanna, I like, I wanna go on those streets in, in in this sort of Mars, because they they aren't building, like they are building on top of Mars, but kind of in the mountainsides sort of, mm. and it just makes for a really cool environment. And I can just feel like if I would go around the corner there, I wonder what sort of uh, place I would see, what sort of weird restaurant would be there, and it just looks mm. really neat. Oh and yes, absolutely. Also, just some other nice world building things that they are really like they are 
kind of shoving it in your face, but like in a fun way. So for example, I want to mention that one, uh, the, like a receptionist at the place where, um, at the recall place, the first time that this memory thing is going to happen, there, the receptionist is changing her nail color mm. with sort of like a pencil thing. Uh, that's just, that's just so clever in my opinion. Mm. Um, and funny story okay so this is a, a tangent thing but there is actually and this this blew my mind a few months ago but there is nail polish that actually change color depending on like the temperature and I guess like ah. the science of that probably isn't so cool I, like we have mood rings and you know things mm. whatever you know things that change with that but like I've seen that in action it just looks so weird and fun like from white to red and it's just like whoa also makes it look kind of patchy, not gonna lie. Uh, I haven't, I, had, I haven't had, I don't own one myself, but uh, mm. so the future is basically now is what I'm saying. Uh, but yeah, so neat, neat things like that, neat things like that. And I also really enjoy like the security. At one point he goes through a security camera, like a lot, all of the travelers do yeah. so. And they are completely like, MR, MRI skeletons <laughs> which like you know it could just be like a neat thing oh look how future but then that comes back because he's carrying a gun because shit has hit the fan and mm. then he gets you know they start to hunt him because they're like all the, the security guards are like oh my god you're carrying a weapon so it comes back again and things like that I really I really like them they do make for a believable universe in my opinion <clears throat> Absolutely. I'm curious, was this your first time seeing the film? No, this is my uh, second or third time, because I can't remember <laughs> if I've seen it twice before, but it, uh. is, is it, it is at least my second time watching this. Yeah, yeah. And you? It is, yeah, it's my second time as yeah. well. Uh, I, I watched it a few years back, mm -hmm. so... Uh, mm -hmm. But I think, honestly, I mean, even though I had pretty clear memories of it... Um, I, I I remember sort of, you know, liking it, but not being a huge fan of it. But now yeah. re-watching it, I'm just like, what was I thinking? This is oh great. Oh my God. Same. <laughs> same. Because I was like, I was absolutely enjoying it the first time I watched it. I was like, mm. this is so much fun and mm. terrific. But now I feel like I'm noticing more, noticing more stuff that I just didn't that time around. And I'm just like, this is five out of five amazing <laughs> like I like it a lot so yeah I'm this I'm the same I'm the same for sure uh and um oh okay so how do you feel about um plot wise because I remembered this one like it's been a few years since I saw it the first time I was probably in early 20 no late teens probably uh, so I remembered a few things out of order, which made it interesting as I was watching it now. Mm -hmm. uh, so I remembered, for example, I remembered for some reason the first time that Hauser is send, like playing a pre-recorded message to Quaid mm. uh, in the very beginning, where he's like, "You gotta, you gotta get to get your ass to March, Mars," <laughs> as he says. Uh, I remembered him laughing already there. And I was like, that doesn't make any sense. And then when I saw the movie, I was like, yeah, that doesn't make any sense because that didn't happen. That is way <laughs> later. So a few things like that sort of happened out of order in my head. So it was it was still surprising a little bit to me as I was watching it this time around. Yeah. Um, that Well, I mean, I, I just just hearing you explain how, how your sort of memory of the movie it's just a little bit off that makes it kind of a bit meta because you know it is a movie so much about memory yeah it's just like oh did it happen this way yeah. or did i imagine so, this or? exactly like it messes with your head and like it's so funny it also man this movie really has to like the foot on the gas pedal the whole time like it throws you into action and plot immediately and mm. it sort of just it sort of just eases up at times like it really knows it's really good with pacing mm. uh, I feel like and it's just it really keeps you on your toes also because you want to like tr always trying to figure out and just like kind of try to be one step ahead of what's going on and and it's just it's just terrific <laughs> I think I've said that a few times already but <laughs> yeah. yeah but it, yeah it really is a great film um and it is considered a huge 
science fiction mm-hmm. classic by now. I, I don't know how well it was received when it first came out, but well, at, I think. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But at this point, it's you know, it's a timeless classic. Yeah. And I think one of the reasons why it is still so great and why it has aged so well is that yes they travel to mars and it's futuristic and it's science fictional but it isn't really a movie about mars yes it's a movie about self-identity and Mm -hmm. you know memories and 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 sort of how how your personality is shaped and things like that which I mean, even though I, you know, obviously I'm a huge science fiction fan and I love exploring Mars in a science fictional mm, setting. Mm. But that isn't quite as timeless of a concept as what this movie is exploring, yeah. I feel like. Um, I mean, just look at how we looked at Mars exploration in the 50s and how we look at it mm. today. And you can sort of see that, yeah, things have changed. <laughs> For sure. <laughs> They have changed in reality and they have changed in the science fiction movie yeah. uh, industry. So uh, obviously things age differently there. But the concept of, of, of self, of how you yeah. define yourself, that is timeless. And I think that's what makes this movie so, uh, well, such a classic. Yeah. Uh, simply. I mean, it's almost it's almost like nature versus nurture kind of discussion also because yeah yeah Quaid I want to say Dennis Quaid I have to think every time I say it so I don't say Dennis Quaid <sighs> so uh, I'm gonna go with just Quaid <laughs> so Quaid um, Quaid is a very like is completely different person than Brubaker like. Mm. I completely might be putting it a bit too much, but he is very, very different. And he has he has a completely different life as far as I understood it. Like, uh, like he's in his 40s, um, I reckon, or late, late 30s, maybe. Yeah. So he has a set of memories that is just vastly different from the original that is Hauser. And mm. it's just so interesting, like how that influenced like his choices and how he would go forward. And uh, so, so, yeah, it is. It just it's so the concept is so fun to just play around with in your head. Like, what would it mean if someone removed maybe certain parts or if like what happens if you put a bunch of vacations that you never had in your head? Like mm. if you just stop at recall, like the ability to go to uh a store and get yourself a vacation that you never had like the all those things mold you as a person so if someone curates something and curates experience for you like how will that influence your thoughts and and morals and uh, fears or or hopes or whatever in the future like it's just even even the smallest thing when you when you're thinking of memory in this total recall setting is just so fun to sort of play around with in your head yeah absolutely um and i also think there's a i don't know i think it's sort of a beautiful kind of mm. poetic justice that Cohagen, who is a great friend of hauser and who's mm. wake- working with hauser to bring down the rebellion on mars mm. and they together decide that oh we're gonna like remove or, or hide the memories of hauser and create mm. a fake personality there and he will help us vanquish the rebellion. But then they can't actually control this new personality yeah. that yeah. they have created because he ended up helping the rebellion win. Yeah. And it's just, mm, yes, it's, I love it. It's so, it's so good. <laughs> and also something like this is kind of small, but I really, really liked it. And it's um, when <laughs> I think it's Quaid who asked, like, so you planned this whole thing all along? He asks Cohagen as Cohagen is sort of having his little speech and like, oh, you helped me all the time, but you didn't know it because Hauser is is lying in a USB drive and we're just waiting to put it. He didn't say that, but, you know, basically. Mm. And and so Quaid is asking like, uh, so this was plan, the plan all along, this whole thing, this whole complicated set of events that has happened, basically is what he's asking. And, and Cohagen is like, no, not this messy. <laughs> Which I like, because sometimes I feel like when bad guys and they have this kind of convoluted, almost Mm. like, you know, it's not even cat and mouse. It's like double cat and mouse. And it's just like the the 
the sort of chance that all of these things would happen so you get to that point is just kind of extreme. (laughs) (laughs) But here it's like they had a more simple set of events in mind. Mm. probably like oh he want to go to mars and then he's gonna made up meet up with melina and they're gonna maybe fight a little bit but then they're gonna something's gonna happen like agents are gonna hunt him a little bit so they are gonna trust him again and then we get to quato and that is not how easy this thing was at all so i (laughs) like that (laughs) i like that a lot so um we have Arnold and we have Michael and we have some other people here in this movie acting. Uh, how do you feel about the performances? Like, what clicked with you and what maybe didn't click with you? Well, uh, rewatching it now, as I said, I was actually really su- uh, well surprised, but also really um, uh, impressed with Arnold's acting because mm. um, he's often well, okay, maybe not by everyone, but it's. It, my impression that that a lot of people see him as the terminator to some extent mm. you know mm. he's the action hero he does the action stuff not maybe so much the acting stuff you know mm. uh but seeing him here as quaid as a very you know a, a character who is suffering a lot with identity obviously and Mm. and sort of finding himself in situation that he doesn't really understand and having you know second personality that's Mm. sort of boiling under the surface you know he did a really great job um he he was a genuinely good actor and you know even though he still has his accent obviously he's not not (laughs) speaking uh perfect native English (laughs) we we are not either at this podcast (laughs) nope (laughs) (laughs) uh but that, that 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 wasn't the negative aspect, I think, or a hindrance in any way. Uh, it, it was just part of, of the character in some way. So, uh, yeah, I was really impressed with him. Yeah, no, I, I, I second that uh, motion. Uh, I think, I think it's, I mean, this is probably more vulnerability in a role than, like, I think I've ever seen Arnold in, mm. I feel like. And like there is a lot of complex, complex, speaking of not having English as my first language, <laughs> complexity. Uh, uh, there are a lot of layers to this character. Mm. I'll just walk around that pronunciation <laughs> problem. Uh, so there's a lot of layers to this character. And I think, think Arnold does a good job with it. There are maybe like maybe one or two times where I feel like he's, Maybe there was something off with the intonation that I felt like, I think at the end where he says like, oh, I just had a a, a bad, like a, a, a terrible thought, like if this was just imagination, like if this was just a dream. Mm. And I was like, there I am lacking a little bit, actually. Mm. But but other than that, and maybe one other time, I feel like he's acting the hell out of this. Like he is shouting and it, and it, it feels like... Like I said, like the vulnerability comes comes out, and Hauser and Quaid are distinct characters. Like those two times that we see Hauser, that is not the Quaid that the, mm. this man that I have spent an hour or so in this movie with. So that was also, um, I mean, that is very helpful when you're watching something where you have <laughs> this kind of uh, confusing situation. So, yeah, absolutely. I think Arnold did a good job, a great job, great job. And the supporting characters I like too. Like Michael Ironside is perfect for this. Uh, I can't remember what the bad guys, um, what Cohagen, what the actor's uh, name is but he is also like i have no no qualms <laughs> with his mm. acting and melina mwah, love her <laughs> so and it was such good energy and i just feel like her and 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 uh, arnold have chemistry that it really comes off screen like they th- those two with those sort of high energy and like they're action heroes together but they are action heroes with a lot of personality and and some you know issues too like so i i i enjoy everyone in this movie yeah and also uh sharon stone's character laurie who is um (laughs) quaid's wife kind of well it turns out that maybe she isn't but uh, you know how she switches from being this 
Oh, I love you, Quaid. Oh, we married, mm. Quaid. We, we, we've lived happily for eight years, Quaid, to being, oh, I work for Cohagen and I'm going to kill you now. And, you know, those two... Uh, well, she also kind of has two personalities, except in, in, yeah. in her case, it's very much intentional. Yeah, because <laughs> like she's acting. Her character is yeah, acting. Yeah, <laughs> exactly. Uh, and it's great. Uh, you know, this really shows how much... Well, really, how much acting does matter in a Casting, film? Casting, acting, all these things. Yes. Yes. Um, One could say it's a necessity for people to act. Exactly, exactly. Oh, funny. So, yeah, I, I loved her character as well. Well, I mean, I hated her character, but yeah. I also loved her. So... Uh, so staying here a little while with Sharon Stone, I really think that the uh, fighting scene with her and Arnold at the very beginning, where it turns out that, oh my gosh, she's not the wife, <laughs> the, mm. a, a real wife, uh, really well choreographed in my opinion. I am not anyone who would claim that I know anything about battle movie choreography, but it looked really good to me. Uh, and it looked like they were on even footing sort of, mm. which I appreciate. And even though Arnold is huge, he's <laughs> so big. Um, but then also I really like the fighting scene with Melina and, and um, can't remember. Well, I'm going to say just Sharon Stone and Melina. So mm. that too, I felt like was a really good action um, or, or fight scene that didn't play too much up on the fact that they were females, which I feel like to this day, movies still kind of do that. Um, maybe like a little bit unintentional at times, but I think that was just a really good fighting scene. And also, Melina, I don't think we've mentioned it, but Melina is a prostitute or sex worker, whatever word you want to use there. But I just feel like the portrayal of her and also her fellow co-workers at mm -hmm. a place called... Do you remember... Uh, no. <laughs> Venusville was the area, they, the, yeah, the street yeah, that they were living yeah. in at least. Uh, but there was this specific uh, st strip bar club uh, and um, where a lot of the rebels hang down sort of had that, had that as their um, main gate into, into <laughs> Quatos, the, lead, the rebel leaders' uh, hideout. And all of them, even though they were like sex workers, they were really, like they were humans and they were sort of, at one point, like one of them were trying to sort of um, seduce one, the agent to sort of not really pay attention to this is where Quaid and Melina mm. ran into and maybe they are hiding here somewhere. So I just feel like they, they had a lot of humanity to them uh, instead of just like going for the, oh, wow, look how hot they are. Let's, let's slowly pan the camera. Like, uh. even though one of them has three breasts that was more like one of the weird things that mutants have in this universe and mm. she's just using her um physical trait she has to to sort of get customers basically yeah so i i like that yeah have you just just a tangent there have yeah. you ever seen the movie paul I have, but I will honestly say I don't remember anything from it. Except oh, okay, okay, because they they make a they make a reference to uh, the the woman with with. Uh, three oh, they breasts. are not the only ones, though. Like, <laughs> <laughs> I feel like that's been done. And, yeah, fair you enough. Know, maybe someone else would make a different analysis, or you know, have a <laughs> different opinion about that thing that I do. But um, yeah, <laughs> there you go. <laughs> yeah, well, yeah, I, I I totally agree with you that it feels. It, it's just the right level of kind of sleazy, you know? Yes, yes. It, it's, sleazy, it's sleazy enough to set the atmosphere, Yeah. but it never becomes sleazy to the extent that you as a viewer sort of feel uncomfortable with it. It's, it's exactly. just right, the right balance of, yeah. with it, yeah. Which happens so often. <laughs> so often, so... <laughs> yeah. Um, so, is there anything about, like... Um, the f how sort of living on Mars and having breakable glass domes. Uh, is there anything <laughs> science-y nitpicky you want to get into there? Because I feel like there could be a few things. 
Let's not mention how they just melted ice to get atmosphere. I don't think that's <laughs> how it goes. But uh... No, I, I mean, if we're going to, to look at this from a scientific perspective, there's a lot of problems. Uh, yeah. First of all, if we ever build settlements on Mars, they would probably be underground. Uh, yeah. Because we would have trouble... Uh, shielding us from the radiation which <laughs> they obviously do too because they got yeah. mutants uh, but you know we would actually plan for that and build on the ground um, and secondly just having these alien machines producing air wouldn't it would maybe work temporarily but it wouldn't be a long time mm. solution because the problem is that Mars's core isn't actually liquid anymore so it doesn't rotate uh, the way Earth mm. does, so Mars does not have a magnetic um, ma- magnetosphere, which does, which means that it can't actually keep its its uh, atmosphere in place. Like the atmosphere that Mars has today is slowly leaking out because there's yeah. nothing keeping it in place. So there's problems like that. But can we can we take can we can we just take a stroll on on a side subject here? So I got <laughs> sure. I feel like I gotta ask. But so what? <laughs> When, when when all these people walk around with dreams of colonizing Mars and making mm. something out of Mars and let's send people there to do science, which I'm 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 I have no questions about that really. But the, so so if I if I gather from what you're saying, like even thinking about Mars as planet as like Earth two is just really mm. futile. Like it's really a waste of time, basically. Yeah, for in the foreseeable future, yeah. yes. Uh, I mean, we have ideas about how we could produce oxygen on Mars and get like the right gas mixture in the atmosphere, mm. and maybe how we could even introduce plants on Mars that would sort of start a photosynthesis yeah. on Mars. Those parts, yeah, I, I think we could probably solve that. Yeah. But it's the whole the core isn't spinning part yes yeah. sort of <laughs> because mm-hmm. that's like I, I can i can understand the other things too like yeah sure yeah, probably, yeah. but if if the core then it just feel like long term it's just it's never really gonna work <laughs> and i feel like considering how well we're taking care of this planet i just feel like we couldn't really commit to something we couldn't commit long term with mars so to say <laughs> no i mean we oh, then we would have to create an artificial magnetic sphere which I oh, y'all I'm squinting and having my eyebrows raised right now because I feel like <laughs> oh, I don't think that <laughs> no I mean today we don't have I would say any technology that is even close to doing something like that but, but who knows? then again you know I, I am quite the optimistic person so I will say that well you know we do make technological advances all the time and who knows what we will invent in the future but for the next hundred years in which this film will take place, I would say that now we're not really ready for a settlement on Mars. Not not in the size that we have in yeah. the film. Uh, we can uh. have may- maybe maybe a small research base, but not more than that. Did you say resort Nay. base? No, <laughs> no. Re- no, no, no. You said resort base. Uh, <laughs> I'm kidding. I did. You, no, you didn't. You didn't. But what I'm what I'm getting at is, as I I could absolutely see myself go as a tourist when I'm 90 <laughs> years old to this resort base. <laughs> but no, yeah, it 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 feels like it's it's on a level of just going there for science and um, you know mm. do, doing stuff and and exploring that way. But uh, who knows? Uh, let's let's book some tickets to Mars uh, after we're done recording this one. <laughs> a bit prematurely, maybe, but I believe too. Um, yeah. So ap- apart from that, is there anything else that you feel you want to sort of break apart and just have a go at <laughs> when it comes? Well, to the... we have sort of already addressed that we think the movie looks really good, but yeah. I want to really shout out the special effects. Uh, yes. The practical special effects, which still look awesome. Yes. Uh, they're just really, really good. Um, maybe sometimes when there's a, like a zoom in on something, you can see that, oh, you know, this is kind of made of clay or something, but yeah. it's still fine. You know, it, yeah, yeah, it's just Absolutely. fine. Absolutely. And all the prosthetics and everything, it just looks, mm. it looks terrific. I mean, of course, for example, Quato, who is... 
uh, 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 has gone the same route as uh, three, three boob lady but it, it's also <laughs> been memed and made fun of like in SNL and things like that I think at least um, <clears throat> but maybe if I were to sort of improve something when it comes to the special effects side of it it probably would be Quato because I feel like the lip movements there <clears throat> threw me off a little bit uh, not gonna lie so that would be my sort of one complaint maybe um yeah yeah i think uh i think it's sort of the approach that the modern star wars trilogy has gone where mm. you use mostly practical effects and then you just use cgi to sort of fix the small details and i think mm. if you like made a remaster or something after yeah. the recall you can fix the lip movements with just a little bit of cgi yeah. and it would look great it wouldn't ruin the practical effect or nope. the effects overall it would just sort of you know, be a, a little a little yeah. touch there that, that sort of yeah. fixed a few things and i think a bit of a concealer on there on the, uh... <laughs> exactly exactly uh, <laughs> uh, and i think that's if i were to to express an opinion i i think that's the way i prefer special effects being done with you know mm. the, the, this practical and the digital effects sort of working together mm. um while i think a lot of maybe modern movies you know maybe sipping a, a bit too much into the digital there um yeah i saw i can't remember but there was a youtube video or youtube essay that i saw uh that sort of basically said that you don't notice good cgi like no. you noticed the bad or like when you went maybe a little bit too far or used a little bit too much that's mm. when you notice bad CGI so uh, really I think that's kind of the stance you're making as well like yeah uh, but one, one thing that, that sort of Total Recall here really hammered home for me is how when you compare practical effects to digital effects mm. digital effects they don't really feel they don't feel present in the movie in the same way like Word. you don't feel yes. you can touch it in the same way that you feel that you can touch yes. these things you can touch uh, Cloato and and, yes. and uh, you know when when Arnold or Quaid is just going to mention it yes <laughs> yeah he's, he, he, in one of the earlier scenes he's pulling out the transmitter from his nose and you just like oh. you can see how he's oh. he's putting that thing up his nose and then pulling this huge thing out his nostril oh. and just yeah, you just see it. You know, oh, it's so big and it's so. Oh. You can imagine it like in your own nose, and you're just like, no, take it out quickly, hurry up, Arnold. <laughs> yeah, no, absolutely. Like, it's the thing where you can see that they are persons and they are running around in this world. Mm. Uh, like there, are, for example, a lot of streets, street sets in this movie, and it just. It looks like, yeah, small streets, but also Mars is kind of like a colony that isn't huge. Like, it's mm. it's big, but it isn't like, you know, New York. No, it's, it's, big. Uh, yeah, it's, it's crowded. <laughs> yeah, uh, so but the places because, are small and, and, and it just looks like, like I said way early in this episode, like, I feel like I could turn a corner there and I could walk around there, which mm. sometimes they put a lot of space, like air into movies and it just looks empty anyway yeah uh so uh, qu quickly like um have you seen the 2012 remake no okay. i have it i have it on blu-ray but i haven't gone around to seeing it yeah. yet i got it oh, i don't i think i already got it on like sale or I got it on in a, like a second-hand store or something. I got it really cheap. And I was like, oh, uh, I should probably watch that one, you know. <laughs> so I bought it. And it was a nice edition, like a steelbook edition. And I, you oh. know, I collect I collect steelbooks. So I was like, yeah, I'll, I'll pick that up. That's a good filler. I, yeah. Filler yeah. for my shelf. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> exactly. And I was like, oh, I'll watch that some night, you know, yeah. when I have nothing else to do. And I've just never touched it again. Because yeah. I, there's just nothing that interest me about remake like i don't feel I, I don't need another total recall because the first one was so perfect no absolutely 100 <laughs> percent with you i remember like when they when they sort of released the trailer talked about it uh, at first i was like nope 
<laughs> I'm good. <laughs> I know that I love the Arnold one. I'm. I don't need. I, I, I like. I could already picture it in my head. Like what it was kind of gonna look like: blue, mm. gray. They're gonna punch a lot of suits, like space suits. And I just. I don't. I wasn't. No. <laughs> yeah. And uh, when the trailer released, like yeah, nope, nope. <laughs> Yeah, uh, I'm sure. I'm sure it's if if you just want an action movie, I'm sure it's fine. Um, yeah, I mean, without having the first sort of yeah. remake as reference, I'm sure that the new one is it's probably all yeah, right. You know, you this... probably say, "Wow, cool premise, <laughs> cool premise." Yeah, you yeah. know, like and uh, I don't remember all the actors that is in the remake, but I'm sure they're all competent people. So you know, it's not going to be that bad of an experience. But when you have seen the original, yeah, you just you, just yeah, you you have no no inclination to watch the remake. No, There's no. just no no need for it. I mean, you would really need someone who would go in a very different direction or like make their very own interpretation of that, and basically mm. go to the Philip K. Dick story and whatever that is. I haven't read it, but like go from mm. there and see where you end up. Um, and I have a feeling they probably stuck to the movie like total recall the movie when they did I it suspect and, so. and yes. maybe 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 they changed some places where they shouldn't have i also have a feeling that that probably happened uh, <laughs> mm, yeah but um yeah okay so oh we have nothing to say about 2012 <laughs> movie then no uh well yeah. i think it has a, a, a cool poster if i remember correctly so you know there's that to me it's just blue gray and bland but maybe i am just bitter yeah, well, I remember there was something like uh, like a particle effect that looks kind of cool, oh, you know, something, okay. something disintegrating or something. I don't, I don't remember the details, yeah. but I don't know. It was yeah. fine. We're not gonna judge it too too no. harshly because no. we haven't seen it, so maybe maybe no. it's maybe it's fine. Rounding this discussion off with uh, a final question for you, and that is, if you have a double feature, another movie or media or something that you would recommend to go along with. Uh, with this film yeah i have uh two actually mm. um and granted one of them it's been a long time since i've seen it but uh, i think it, it's pretty good match so if you want a movie where you're messing around with memories erasing memories and maybe adding memories and sort of questioning of uh you know who are you without mm. the memories uh then i would go for uh, eternal sunshine of the spotless mind um, cool a movie yeah. i have never seen completely to be honest so oh, interesting yeah, yeah. Mm -hmm. we actually saw that in school because oh. uh, our english teacher when Wanted i was break. like uh, yeah no <laughs> when uh, i was like 14 or 15 or something uh, she had seen it and she loved it so she was like oh i gotta show it to you so she did oh my god do you know what our <laughs> english teacher showed us no. at the exact same age train spotting oh wow yeah. okay <laughs> Yeah, interesting choice. That's yeah, yeah. that's what he thought we should watch when he wanted a break from teaching. <laughs> well, ah, memories. Yeah. So, so Eternal Sunshine isn't quite a science fictional. Well, it is science fiction in a way, yeah. but it's it's not in the same way that Total Recall is. But I feel like they they're playing around with with similar concepts. Mm. Um, and if you want. A movie, and this this one doesn't have so much with memory to do, but it does have to do with time travel and time travel in relation to, you know, who you are and sort of how, how your actions affecting things and how, mm. you know, who you were in the past and who you will be in the future will, will sort of affect your identity. Um, and that is a movie called Predestination. Why that rings a bell? Um, it, yeah, context. It's a, it's a few years old. Um, it was at one point when we, when we, the two of us were living in the same city. The, that one was running at a film festival, and I was in town. I don't know. I saw it at the film festival, but I don't know if you, if you uh, saw it too. I don't. Is okay. So I'm googling here. Is it with Ethan Hawke? Yes. Yes. No, then it's... I have no. Then I didn't see it because I, okay. I, I, I think I would remember that. So no. Yeah, okay, that cool. one is. 
It's, uh, I wouldn't necessarily call it a mind fuck. It's not quite that level, yeah. but it's one of those where you're like, oh, oh, so this is how it's all connected. <laughs> you know, it's <laughs> oh, <laughs> nice. Yeah, yeah. Twisty in a good way. Yes, very twisty. Um, it's when you've seen that one, you're going to go like, oh. Oh, okay. <laughs> nice. Putting on my uh, putting it on my to watch list for sure, for sure. No, I love this kind of movies, and that's why I'm kind of sad because I don't have a double feature with me today. Uh, I mean, granted, most of the times we kind of make them up on the spot, so it's like <laughs> fervently digging around in your head to just find something that oh yes, this reminds me of. Uh, but I can't. Uh, what I will say instead is. Um, if colonizing Mars is interesting, and now I'm going to recommend something or just like mention something that I haven't even read. So good job, <laughs> Ebba, honestly. But uh, uh, that is Red Mars by Stanley Robinson. And mm. it's, uh, I think there's like three novels. And I know that the reviews on it are sort of mixed, but it is, I think, like, maybe they would call it a classic now i don't know because i think it's from like the early 90s yeah i would probably refer to it as a classic yeah yeah have you uh, no i as with the total recall remake i own the book (laughs) i own the whole trilogy actually in paperback uh but i've yet to come around to reading it um but it is I think they would term it the the term that you would uh, use to describe it is hard sci-fi. Yes, it's leaning very much towards the science part and yeah. that kind. Of, so, I think to some people it might be a little bit of a challenge to read because it's kind of he- heavy in a certain way. Uh, at least that's my impression, and I've I've gotten from talking about it with other people. Uh, but. Uh, you know those who do read it and really get into the whole science part they say that it's amazing so yeah uh, i think it's a good good recommendations yes yeah like if 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 mars like going as a tourist to mars and sitting in the hilton hilton <laughs> restaurant with arnold in mars if that's if that's what gets you going like oh i wonder what would we make domes like what would we have to do like how would could this possibly go uh in the mind of of someone who writes this like in the ner- early 90s um I think it could be it could be a cool read. And like I've had it on my, I, like I've side eyed it or not side eyed. I've, I've eyed it a few times. Like, but I I wonder if I'm ever gonna get to it honestly. But um, I like the ambition of of the project. I think there's like red Mars and then green Mars mm. and blue and Mars. Blue Mars. Yeah. yeah. Uh. So yeah. Um. Yeah, that's it for me. I think. <laughs> Yeah, well, great selection and a uh, great film, uh, I think, that we watched this time. Yeah. Um, and uh, for for next time, we are uh, going to continue with the Mars in March theme. Um, and I would just like to point out that with Total Recall and our next uh, pick that we're going to watch... Um, we will actually have covered two films from the book 101 sci-fi films you must see before you die. So <laughs> awesome! <laughs> working on that checklist. <laughs> um, so, listener, have you seen Total Recall, the original or the remake? Or maybe you've read the short story by Philip K. Dick. Uh, we want to know what you think. So go to our Facebook page uh, at StarQuest Podcast where you can share your thoughts and also give us recommendations for future episodes. Uh, also check us out on Instagram where we are also at StarQuest Podcast. Uh, and join us next time as we sit down and uh, we talk about a silent film, a Russian silent film. That is Aelita, Queen of Mars. Bye-bye. Bye.